for people that have been listening along thinking boy I really would like to try gardening this year well it's time to go Hey there, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to episode 39 of the Maritime Gardening Podcast. We're glad you could join us and tune in. And speaking of joining us, where's Greg? There he is. There he is. I'm here. Good. That never gets old. That never gets old. Exactly. It's the suspense. It's just, yeah. You're a master of suspense building. (laughs) (laughs) One of these times I got to do one without you. Greg, oh my God. He's gone. He truly is not there. He was poisoned to death by eating <laughs> eating some weed. He ate his own fruits of his labors. I was shooting a, a video just the other day, which I have not finished. Mm-hmm. And I was, it was a video on weeding. Mm-hmm. I, I have a, one of my garden beds is, is weedy like you wouldn't believe, mm-hmm. like terrifyingly weedy. Right. Um, anyway, in the video, I just started eating the weeds to see uh, which ones tasted good. Okay. And uh, which I probably wouldn't recommend to people, but uh, anyway, one of them was really good. Um, right. If they weren't so thick, uh, I might have left a couple of those in because I don't yeah. know what that weed was, but it was very spinach-like. It was okay. tasty weed. Okay. But I killed, I killed them all, and they're of all gone. Of course, you did. We'll never know. We'll never know. That might have been something that saved the world, like a, like a superfood, like a, yeah. What's that stuff? Quinoa, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like the Nova Scotian version of quinoa. Yeah. Something that just grows wild in the fields, and I just stomped it out of existence forever. <laughs> just like everything else that. What's that? Oh, that tastes good. Ah, kill it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forget it. Let that be a lesson uh, to anybody who ventures into Greg's garden too. Yes. You never know what weeds are going to taste good. Mm. And one of my, uh, I've got a little garden that I have put aside for the kids. Yeah. And, um, there's kale growing in it all over the place. Mm. And, uh, I didn't plant any. Okay. So, I mean, I had the kale that I let go to seed last year. So the seeds must've just gone all over the place. I'm guessing. I don't know. Right. Um, and the ironic thing is that the kale in that garden is only slightly smaller than... So this just came up on its own without any input from me whatsoever. Right. Only slightly smaller than kale that I started under glass huh. March, March 1st. Wow. So kale that I grew in a protected greenhouse on March, just beginning March 1st right. is a little bit bigger than kale that just grew out of the ground wow its own you know without any mm-hmm. effort at all unless it's just a weed that happens to taste like kale but it yeah. looks like red russian kale it tastes like red russian kale hmm. uh, and the funny thing is that's what the kids wanted in their garden anyway because like that's what they like to eat so uh it's all worked out great excellent <laughs> actually no thought from me that's the way to um, do it Got it. Um, awesome. So, what was I going to talk about? Um, 
a couple little asides to start with, and then we're going to get into uh, the main topic today, which is that it's it's time to get planting. Mm-hmm. Um, but in addition to that, um, I've always read, I've read this in numerous uh, sources, and I read about this a lot on some of the sort of hippie, back-to-nature type gardening websites I like to read. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've even had family members talk about this. About eating dandelions. Yeah, yeah. Actually, and I was thinking about that the other day. Dandelion greens. People say, "Oh, yeah." When I in my day, back when I was a kid, you know, my grandmother yeah. we used to pick them and we ate them all the time and blah 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 blah. And uh, I was reading something that, oh, they're so good. They're good in a salad, and you can do this and you can do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, I was out in my yard, and uh, I was I did the same thing with a, a customer the other day. I was like, I don't understand this dandelion thing because if you if you snap one off and chew on it, it tastes horrible. Yeah. I could not conceive of having that in a salad. That would be the worst salad I ever had in my life. Right. But anyway, so putting that aside, um, I thought, well, some things taste terrible. You know, there's some people that can eat anything raw and they'll like it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I've known people that eat raw beans all the time. They're like, oh, yeah, they're great. Mm-hmm. And I find them, uh, I'll eat beans raw. If I'm out in my garden, I'm a bit hungry, I'll eat a raw bean. But I, I find them a bit bitter. I find it tastes way better cooked, like much better. Yeah. Than, you know, I don't know if it's uh, what they call oxalic acid or something right. like that. But, right. you know, I find when they're green, most varieties, in fact, um, they're edible. Mm-hmm. But I just find them to taste a lot better when they've been heated. Not a lot, right. but right. just, you know, sauteed for a few minutes. Yeah. Um, much better flavor. And... Uh, so I'm thinking these people that have them in their salads, they must just like cover them with honey and stuff, and they can't taste. <laughs> well, know. isn't it like dandelion green soup or something? I don't know. Well, what I did the other day, you know, I was getting supper ready and I was making uh, like pasta. Yeah. And a couple of days before, I'd made a spaghetti sauce, but it was I'd, I'd put the salt in twice, so it was quite salty. So I had right. to, I had to water it down. Yeah. So I added another can of tomatoes, and I was looking for some things to put in with. You know, I put a bunch more garlic and onions and stuff in. But I said I went out in the garden, and I was just gathering. You know, I had to thin out some of my, um, you know, thin out some of my uh, kale and stuff like that. So that went in. Yeah. And uh, I don't know a lot of people know about this, but you can eat uh, radish greens too. If you've got radishes mm. growing, and you can eat those greens. Again, I, I don't really like them so much uh, raw. I like them cooked. Um, so I got some radish greens. And then I was walking back to the house, and I saw dandelions. And I'm like, oh, what the heck, you know? So I grabbed a bunch. And I'm talking like, you know, I, so I I followed the same rule I would for any green. You know, most greens, once they go to flower, they're not good anymore. Mm-hmm. So I looked for dandelion plants that didn't have the florets, so right. just had greens. Right. And I picked the nicest looking greens. And of course, there's there's lots of them on the edge of my property. And I do what I can to keep them off my lawn, but uh, along the edge of the forest, they grow all over the place because I got these uh, wood chip walkways. And and if they actually, if the seed actually germinates in those wood chips, you get a beautiful plant because it's right. wonderful soil underneath, right? Yeah. Um, so there's like a big. And that's what sort of struck me. It was like this big lush. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> knocked over my microphone. Talking about a big lush. Yes. Uh, I was talking with my hands. That's okay. Yeah. You, this microphone's in an awkward spot for me. Yeah. Yeah. 
My uh, fault, my fault. No, it's my computer's fault. I should have a $2,000 Mac instead. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, so... Um, something about finding a big lush something. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, I was walking back, and I just saw these uh, just big, lush greens, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's a dandelion. Well, why not? So I, I picked a bunch of them. Maybe, you know, when I cut them all up, it might have been a cup. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, any more than that, you know. And even when I was cutting them up, I'm like, oh, these smell not good. <laughs> uh, like th- they have a bitter, even a bitter smell. Is that you know when you cut into a dandelion stem, there's that white stuff in the middle? Yep, that's like a sap that, almost. That, that sap tastes horrific. Yeah, right? it's terrible. Uh, anyway, so I threw that all in the spaghetti, and it it was awesome. And really? the kids ate. I ate it. My wife, the kids and the wife are very sensitive to things. Yeah, and they didn't even know. Huh. And tonight, so that was Tuesday, and then tonight I made spaghetti again. I put twice as much in. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great. Really? It was, it, was, it was springy. It was fresh. It was green. Huh. I think by cooking those those greens, you, you just, you know, whatever makes them horrific goes away. It with makes the, it good. I wonder if that kills all the nutrients. But anyway, yeah. it's uh, yeah. so to anyone out there, if you've got some, yeah, you you know, like that's the, that's the linchpin for the dandelions. Mm. I'm sure there's going to be people saying, I eat them raw all the time. All the they're time. delicious. Yeah. And maybe they are. Maybe you've got special dandelions that don't taste like poison, but yeah. mine <laughs> tastes like poison. Um, <laughs> I tried them when I was a kid. And, yeah, or you're not, sensitive to, the, or you're not right. sensitive to the taste of poison. Which you have I, no taste buds. I would see a doctor about that. Yeah, it might be a good idea. should be able to detect poison when you yeah. taste it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a handy sense. See a doctor now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> stop drinking paint thinner too. <laughs> yeah, uh, while you're at it. Stop <laughs> washing poison. it down. Stop washing uh, it down with rat poison. And dandelion juice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you make dandelion wine. Anyway, we're getting way off time. Yeah, we are. So um and the other thing is that um you know, radishes are one of those things that and uh, Dave, do you ever buy radishes in the grocery store? Very seldom. I would say I've never bought radishes in my life. Mm. Um, I don't even like them that much, but I plant them every year. If you you have a garden, you've got space. There's something about radishes because they come up faster than anything else. And you you just have this desire. There's something about eating the first food out Mm -hmm. of your garden. Mm -hmm. It's really a special thing. And so if you plant radishes, you get to do that a bit sooner. Um, So my radishes are beautiful right now. Yeah. Um, but, um, as always, and, but especially this year, I don't know if it's the variety. I can't remember what this ones are called. I, these were McKenzie mm-hmm. seed radishes, which yeah. is different to me. Yeah. It had something like giant red globe or some name like that. Mm-hmm. I should really look that up. Um, but, uh, here, I will look that up. Mm-hmm. Where is it here? Cause I have a list of all the stuff they gave me. Crimson Giant Champion. Okay. So, yeah, these are Crimson uh, crimson Giant Champion radishes from McKenzie Seeds. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, and I, I mean, McKenzie Seeds haven't looked like they gave us a bunch of seeds, and that's great. They didn't give us any money. So, right. audience out there, like, I'm not saying this is good because they're paying me to do right, <laughs> they right. it. They're just, they, you know, they gave us some seeds. And we appreciate and, that. 
yeah. appreciate that. So you know, um, you know, I'm not going to go. And, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. Anyway, it's uh, what I'm trying to say is that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's no influence here. Like they yeah. they just gave me some seeds, which is great, and we we pass some along to the listeners. But mm-hmm. I'm not being paid to say they're awesome, sort of no. thing. I gotta say. Um, the best rash I ever ate. Awesome. <laughs> it's just delicious. That's great. Uh, we had a bunch in a salad tonight. So, uh, that's really um, good. I think there's something about having your own in your garden too. They're mm-hmm. just more, I think the ones you buy in a store are a bit dehydrated or something. Yeah. These ones are really juicy and awesome. quite for a radish. Quite well, sweet. It could have something to do with the way you garden. It could be. I mean, uh, they're grown in really good soil. That's right. And uh, in that garden, I think I put uh, a bit of chicken manure in it last year, which really, yeah. nothing like chicken manure, nothing, you know, really jump starts a soil like chicken manure. Uh, you wouldn't think. It's, it's, it's also, it is the worst smelling manure on earth. Yeah. Well, pig manure is pretty bad too. Chicken yeah. and pig manure are the most horrific manures there are. <laughs> um, but chicken manure in particular, it's, it's, it's utterly, it's pretty much weed free. Yeah, yeah. You know, any seed goes through a chicken. It doesn't come out a seed anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, chicken manure is really a, a strong, strong mm-hmm. manure. Mm-hmm. I put it on in the fall. That way, it can break down a bit. But uh, I can't wait. That that garden bed, I put uh, cucumbers in this year. So we'll mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. how they do. Well, yeah. I can't wait. So, speaking of which. Um, Today's topic, uh, I've noticed in my driveway and along the edge of my ditch and various parts of my property, um, and like like I've said before, I really like to sort of um, take my cues from the very ecosystem where I'm gardening yeah. um, to inform me when to plant things. And for me, the, the presence of the wild strawberry is the ultimate green light Mm-hmm. Um, wild strawberry signifies to me it's time to plant everything. I mean, that is to say, once I see the wild strawberry blooming, mm-hmm. okay, so it's the wild strawberry bloom, and I mean not just anywhere in my yard, right? Because that's where my ecosystem is. Mm-hmm. Uh, once I see the wild strawberry bloom, and I wait a week after I notice that, mm-hmm. so not immediately, you know, just to be safe, wait another week. Mm-hmm. But once I see that, then I start putting, like, you know, I've already planted a lot of things. I start planting, I start putting seeds in the ground when I hear the, the spring peepers. Yeah. Right? But I only plant frost-tolerant plants, and I got a whole sort of schedule. Right. Um, you know, beginning with um, peas and spinach and carrots and parsnips and a few things like that. And, yeah. and a couple weeks after that, I put in kale and kohlrabi and, and uh, onions and, and, and so on and so forth. But once I see those wild strawberries a week after that, for me, that's the indication that it's time to put in, you know, your, your squash seeds and your, your heat, all your heat loving plants, your beans and all that sort of cucumbers and um, any transplants that uh, you want to put in, you start, you know, take them outside and start acclimatizing them or, you know, yeah. get them that sort of thing. Right. Uh, it's it's go time, uh, and, you know this this is uh, I take this from an approach that I learned when I, as an angler, you know we we yeah. we, we net we go catch uh, 
smelts when the spring peepers start. Dave, have you ever had like a feed of smelts? I have had a feed of smelts. Yeah, it's been good. a while for me. Last year I had one. This year, uh, yeah, I didn't didn't make it out to. Uh, the only place I know where to get them is a spot in Wolfville. I don't really know where to get them around here, even if they are. Yeah. It's one of those things you can't just go online on a fishing. No. Say, hey, what's your secret spot where no. you get free free food once a year? No one's going to tell you that. I, I can set you up next year. You can hook me up. I can hook you up. Oh man, there's nothing like a feed of smell. I can eat like I can eat about fifteen of those. Oh, yeah, in one they're second. good. They're they're awesome. Fifteen souls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Devoured by me. <laughs> some of those they are good, though. The small ones, I eat them like head and all. Oh, just, yeah. Uh, yeah. I eat all the bones, everything. Yeah. It's, it's, it's savage. It makes you feel more like a man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I just ate the whole thing. Yeah. It's a wonderful feeling. Um, ah. but yeah, the spring peepers are that. And yeah. so, you know, I think uh, I find when the red buds... Uh, fall off the maple trees, you know, and the maple trees get those red buds and they start falling all over the place. Mm-hmm. That's when the trout really start to bite. Oh, yeah. I find they start to come on at that point, the brook trout I'm talking about. Yeah. And then the wild strawberry blossom, that usually is an indicator of the sea trout when they start going upstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, people even call it the strawberry run. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So I've started to adapt my gardening to those, those rhythms because I, I think they're far more... Uh, connected to a given ecosystem mm-hmm. than just some random date. Because these dates, you know, when they say this week or that week, that's based on averages mm-hmm. for, you know, uh, averages for a given year, averages over a given geography, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth that may not be accurate for exactly where you are. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, if you're someone who lives, I'm talking. I'm going to talk about Nova Scotia here because it's what I know. Yeah. And there's a lot of variation in this province, but if you're on the south side of a mountain in the interior, mm-hmm. and if there's not a lot of wind, and let's say you're um, not too low but not too high, mm-hmm. uh, so near near the base of the mountain on the south side of a mountain on the interior, yeah, uh, your planting dates are probably a full month ahead yeah. of someone who's Near the coast, right uh, at a higher elevation, maybe on the north side of a mountain. Yeah, uh, you might even be more than a month ahead of that person, right? Yeah, uh, but you're going to be looking at a calendar that just treats that whole area as the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a lot more informative to mm-hmm. um, take a look around and and note other things too. Like I've noticed that yes, the strawberries are blooming, but also um, the two I, I planted some tulips. I'm going to try to put a lot of different perennials in my vegetable garden and make a note of when they're blooming or when they're at different stages mm-hmm. and how my seeds perform. So I planted some zucchini today, zucchini mm-hmm. seeds. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that the first, some of my tulips are starting to, the flowers are starting to, it looked like they're about to fall apart. You know, like yeah. the, t- the tulip's beautiful and then it goes from beautiful to horrific, mm-hmm. right? It's a beautiful plant, but when the flowers go far out, fall apart, it's an ugly plant. Yeah. Well, anyway, the flowers are at their very, you know, you know, they're past their peak. Right, right. <laughs> so I got to write, write down the planted zucchini when t- tulips were past their peak. Because mm-hmm. the tulips will be there next year. So I, and I'll know, like, do I wait for them all to be past their peak or just the first ones? You know, just a handful of them 
yeah. are starting to get beyond their best. I imagine in a week they're all going to start to be uh, going bad. So, right. you know, if, if the zucchini seed rots, then I know I should wait until all my tulips are mm-hmm. you know, falling apart sort of thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, and this is, you know, um, in tune with the permaculture approach to gardening because it's about, you know, observation and developing a closer uh, connection with your e- ecosystem, just getting really plugged into what's going on around you, mm-hmm. just watching and listening and mm-hmm. watching things unfold and uh, observing how everything's connected. And the more you do that, the more easy it's going to be mm-hmm. to get your gardening because you're not going to waste time and energy. Right. You're going to do everything exactly. Imagine if you were just basing your smelt fishing on a date. Yeah. Right? And let's say it was a particularly cold spring. So you'd go down to the smelting hole, you know, know, for like two weeks and not catch anything. Mm -hmm. What a waste of time. Right. Whereas you just listen for the peepers. Yeah. And the first night you hear them, maybe you wait about two or three nights after the first night just to make sure – you know, it's really going good sort of thing. Yeah. And you go down and they'd probably be there, you know, like it's, it's yeah. that reliable, right. Yeah. As an indicator. So uh, I'm inclined to think that everything in your garden is the same way. If you're growing everything, if you have other perennials mm-hmm. uh, in that soil. They should tell you everything you need to know. Yeah. Um, and, and that way you'll, you'll have a really good understanding of, of your microclimate and its rhythms. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so the wild strawberry bloom has arrived, at least it has in my, where I am. Mm-hmm. And because where I am is usually behind everywhere, right, right. <laughs> I'm going to guess it's everywhere else too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so suffice it to say, um, it's time to get going, you know, for anyone out there that hasn't started yet or, yeah. you know, or was, was for people that have been listening along thinking, boy, I really would like to try gardening this year. Well, it's time to go. Yeah. Uh, if, if put it off too much longer, you're going to miss it. You got about, you got you know one or two or three weeks to get a garden in, mm-hmm. and and after that, you're it's still worth doing, but you're you're really pushing. You're going to be limited in terms of what you can plant. Right. Let's put it that way. Anything that takes seventy or eighty days to mm-hmm. to reach maturity, and you're probably not going to make it. Yeah. Uh, so it's time to get going. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can cheat a bit with transplants and this, uh, that sort of thing, but um, not all not all vegetables transplant well. We'll talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my garden, I got right now. These are all things I started month you know over a month ago. I've got peas and onions and kale and carrots and mm-hmm. parsnips and potatoes and spinach and potatoes are actually these are all up, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, Swiss chard, Swiss chard, all got killed by something. Hmm. what on earth i gotta plant it again i don't know what's going on with that okay. uh, but um i also got this really neat uh organic pesticide we'll have to talk about that in another episode yeah. um um another company like uh like mckenzie gave me a bunch of organic mm-hmm. uh, um what would you call those uh products that you can use for uh d- different pest problems so we should talk about that uh, yeah We'll do another pest episode, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Um, um, all of those things I just mentioned, you know, basically greens, <laughs> you know, different yeah. kinds of greens, some root vegetables. Um, you can plant them now, right? Yeah. 
Um, just because I planted them a month or over a month ago doesn't mean you can't plant them now. Mm. I just, you know, if you want to have all of those things and other things, it, you know, for me, it's just easier because you can plant them earlier. Yeah. It's less, less overwhelming to have to do everything in one big go. Mm-hmm. I've got only a handful of things left to plant and pretty much got the whole thing ready and done. Um, so, uh, yeah, you can plant all of those greens now, but, um, <laughs> make a note next year to plant them a bit earlier. Yeah. Um, but in addition to those things, um, you can plant your heat-loving plants, right? You can put your beans and your squash and your cucumbers um, and tomatoes, peppers, and eggplants. I wouldn't, you know, bother straight seeding those. This is something we talked about in previous episodes. Um, certain plants just do not like being transplanted. And I would say beans and your squash and things like cucumbers, those plants just, in my experience anyway, mm-hmm. just do not like to be um, moved. They like to just stay where they are. Right. So I've got some, you know, I'm going to plant, I've only planted one, um, mm-hmm. I only planted one of my squash plants ahead of time. Uh, just as an experiment, I planted cucumbers, uh, under a hoop house. Yeah. Um, these are the pickling kind. Mm-hmm. I think they're called Russian pickling cucumbers or Siberian cucumber or something like that. Right. Uh, their McKenzie seed yeah. uh, variety. They're the smaller kind, you know, like could make a dill pickle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I put those all under one of those hoop houses about three or four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, which, you know, if I just put those in the ground, they'd be rotten because <laughs> we've had frost since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're, they're growing. Uh, I think we're going to do uh, possibly one of the pitches for this episode. Um, anyway, they're growing. They're they're doing great. They're doing really good under that hoop house, and I'll I'll leave it up for another week or so. But right. pretty soon, it's going to get so hot under there that I'm going to have to take it off or kill everything underneath it. Yeah. But yeah, they're doing great. Um, but one thing is when you're so I mean, it's worth straight seeding those. And I've talked about this before. If you, I've I've put transplants adjacent to seeds of the same variety of things like squash and every time the one that was seeded even though it goes in as a seed mm-hmm. overtakes the transplant it, it catches up to it and grows faster than it right these plants just i'm sure there's some way to do it mm-hmm. but why <laughs> why why bother you can just stick a seed in the ground and water it and yeah you know, just walk away sort of thing yeah uh, yeah, it's just not, and it's cheaper too because you get a lot of seeds for you know buck ninety nine sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so totally, and but but read the directions on the seed package and and plant them the right depth. That's very important for those kinds of plants, and plant them with the right spacing. Right, right? I see people all the time planting things right next to each other. Mm-hmm. And you're planting like a, a squash is a big plant. Right. Yeah. You have a zucchini. It can be like three feet wide and three feet high. Mm-hmm. See people plant them like eight inches apart. Yeah. You know how big that's going to get, man. That's going to get huge. Mm. And I mean, the roots are going to, you know, they're going to want nutrients. Yeah. You plant them that close together, they're not going to get big because mm. there's just not enough food. Right. Right. I mean. You know, in the human world, you can't treat people like that. <laughs> you know, but in the plant world, you can just kill everyone and you know leave the ones that look like they're yeah. going to get the biggest and the strongest. That's so, right. uh, you know, it works out great, sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. 
yeah, give everything, you know, the plants, let the plant be greedy, give it the space uh, it needs. Not only that, but by giving it some room, of course, it's going to get more light and it's going to get mm-hmm. uh, all the nutrients and the water available in the soil, but also by having that amount of space, mm-hmm. it just gets the proper amount of sun and air and that helps keep the plant healthy. Yeah. Uh, you know, the plant doesn't get, have these sort of dry, sh- uh, wet, damp, shady spots. Mm-hmm. You know, most of your plants in your garden um, they really prefer to be dry. The right. leaves should be dry. Yeah. Um, and, and you need air circulation for that to happen. And in addition to that, you know, if the plant's got all that space, it's going to be harder for various pests to hide because, you know, most of the pests that are out in your garden, I mean, the, the natural world's a pretty vicious place. If there's a pest, there's a thing that eats the pest. That's true. Uh, so if you're planting everything really close together, then you're giving the pests a place to hide mm-hmm. from the from the things that kill the pests. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to do that. You want to sort of you want that pest to have to go through a really bad neighborhood to get to your plant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so right. uh, yeah, don't provide like all these kind of little bus stops and places they can hide. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just been, yeah. It should be all like really, you know, a rough place to be a pest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, you know, use your mulch to keep the soil moist, but um, don't plant things too close and don't plant too deep. And when you're planting, I'm just saying all these things because people are planting right now. And these are just things I've learned over the years. And a lot of the listeners probably know all this stuff, so I'm boring them to death. But for the people that aren't, I might as well say. Um, you know, when you're planting your tomatoes, right, or any of these sort of transplants that are heat-loving, yeah. I don't know why they sell, uh, I, mean, I do, but take your gardening gloves off mm-hmm. and use your bare hands mm-hmm. and put your hands in the ground and, it, you know, like I dig the hole with my hands, not some tool. Right. My soil soft, so I can do that. But the other reason I do that is because I can feel with my fingers where the soil gets cold right i was planting my tomatoes today i noticed that the first two inches of the soil was warm like like warm to the touch Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so but once i got down to about three inches i started getting quite cool um and i know those tomato roots don't like cold yeah right that's why if you're transplanting a squash right now right you're going to be putting those roots down where it's cold and they don't like that they've been indoors where it's like room temperature right yeah um You've been in a controlled environment. Um, if you put a seed in the ground right now, the seeds near the top where it's warm, where it wants to be, yeah, yeah. as the seed starts reaching down into the lower levels, it's going to start getting, you know, the, the, the roots will go down as the soil gets warm. Yeah. That's why the seed's a better better bet because it's, it's following the heat. It's in, it's in tune with the heat. Yeah, yeah. Right? So if you're planting things like a strawberry, or no, it's not a strawberry. When you're planting things like a, a tomato, don't plant any deeper than the soil feels warm. And if you're saying, well, how can I do that? The, the root's three inches high, and it's it's cold after two inches. Just put it sideways. Yeah. Just put the thing sideways and gently bend the stem. It's an old school trick that a lot of people do. Um, put it sideways. Put the root base sideways and just sort of gently bend the stem. Your plan will be fine. It can take that. Cool. Just do everything gently. Be gentle. Be gentle. But that's, you know, bending the stem is way better than, I'm not talking, don't put a kink in it, right? You, this has to be, right. you know, just, just you're just sort of coaxing it. But um, that's way better than jamming the roots into cold. Yeah, it would that be makes sense. Just like throwing a baby out in the snow yeah, with no yeah. clothes on. Yeah. 
it's shock. It's the it'll slow the plant right down. It might even kill might the plant. Even kill but it, yeah. Plants do not like uh, cold. They say don't give your plants cold feet. You know. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah. Hmm. So I hope that's useful to people. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's time to get out there and get at it. As yeah, I say in the get video. at it. That's a great saying. <laughs> Excellent. Well, there you go. That was episode thirty nine. And, uh, of course, you can check the show notes at maritimegardening.com slash 039. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, we're not opposed to donations. We, uh, we have a way for our listeners to make donations through PayPal on the website, and we appreciate that in advance. If you do, we'll, you know, enhance our equipment and, uh, you know, be able to focus even more time and energy on this. So, um and so you know, so Greg can actually wear a pair of gloves. <laughs> I can afford gloves. Yeah, so he can actually. So he doesn't have to stick his hands in the ground, but you know, he he knows how to spin it in the right way for now. So, but uh, awesome! All right, thanks, Greg, and thanks everybody Thank for listening, and we'll see you on episode forty. Cheerio! Bye bye. <laughs>